and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He turns the chariots with fire. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Thank you, Lord. That's who God is. We believe that's who you are, Lord. We believe that's who you are in this season, God. You're always the same God. Oh, come behold the works of God, the nations at his feet. He breaks the bow and bends the spear and tells the walls to cease. Oh, mighty one of Israel, you are on our side. We walk by faith in God who burns the chariots with fire. Lord of hosts, you're with us, with us in the fire, with us as a shelter, with us in the storm. You will lead us through the fiercest battle. Oh, where else would we go but with the Lord Yeah. 
so grateful for the Father's house joining us. This is the Father's gathering. We welcome all you guys online and uh, way many watch us online than get to get into this building. And We've got a couple things we want to do and uh, we're going to ordain John and Amanda Zacharias. Come on up guys. Where are you at? And, uh, um, we get to do this. This is one of the things 
we get to do as a church. You know, ordination is not um, come doesn't come from man. It comes from God. What men do, they just recognize that God's hand is upon that person or persons, and they just agree with heaven. So that's what it is. It's we are agreeing, but setting them apart to the whatever God has purpose for them. And I can tell you, He's got a great purpose, and you know that. And we've seen their testimony. They did get married, what, about a month, six weeks? I don't know. Time flies by, you know, but uh, what a joy. If you've been ordained, I want you to join me from whatever congregation. We just, this, it's not for a church ordination either. It's releasing them into the body, acknowledging them, and, and just praying the anointing, the fire of God. You see this picture up here. You remember the prophecy we shared last week from Kenneth Hagin? said when he saw remember what it was racism as an attack against the nation being used he saw fire falling fireball so someone gave us they didn't give it to us they're letting us borrow it. this mountain that's on fire and fire erupting so that's your job that's yes. you go you go fulfill that vision all right and we are coming up a little more y'all gather around lay hands on them it's John and Amanda Zacharias what a name what an amazing name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Oh, Lord, we just bless John and Amanda, Lord. We, we just lay hands on this couple, Lord. We thank you for restoring all things and um, bringing them together. And, and, Lord, we've recognized that your hand is upon them. And, and Lord, the incredible things you're doing, this... Lord, the things that Amanda shared with us that you've shown her are over the top, Lord. And we just are grateful that you're imparting to her these things. And uh, we just bless John. We bless this man of God, his passion for your word. And Lord, Amanda's passion for your word and your presence. And so, Lord, we just agree with heaven. He said, let it be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we on the earth the sons of God on the earth, we agree with heaven that your hand is upon this couple and we just set them apart. We declare them, Lord, as holy unto the Lord for your purposes and we pray, God, the fire of heaven, the fire of heaven would rest upon them. Lord, we thank you. You lead us in ways that we could never go unless you go before us. And so, Lord, we thank you. You open doors that no man can close. You also close doors that no one can open. And we want to be led by the Spirit. These are the sons of God. And so we just lay hands on them. We agree. We say, Lord, come, Holy Spirit. We acknowledge what you have said and we say yes. And we say go in the name of Jesus. Fulfill your purpose. Thank you, Lord, that before the foundation of the world, Lord, they're your workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which you planned beforehand that John and Amanda would walk in them. And so we lay hands, not empty hands, but hands of faith. We impart the anointing and the fire of God upon them. Now, in Jesus' name, Lord, we stir up every gift, every gift that you've purposed in them, Lord. We stir it up and we say yes and amen. And so we just agree, Lord, and more, 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 Lord, more, 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 
Thank you they're under the blood of Jesus. No weapon formed against them will prosper. Lord, we thank you. They, we, they will be, as you've said, conquerors, more than conquerors in this generation and in this day. So we just agree. We just agree. That's all we know to do, Lord. I don't know how you do this, but we agree. We agree. Ordination comes from above. So we say, yes, God. And we send them. We loose them. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Amen. This is a good time. Amen. Okay, what do we do next? We're going to receive an offering in just a few moments. But first, why don't we just welcome one another? We haven't done that in a while. You guys maybe just stand and uh, just uh, greet someone. You know, if you're not social distancing, shake someone's hand. If you're social distancing, shake someone's elbow. But anyway, let's greet one another in the name of the Lord. God bless you watching. Amen. Let's go ahead and gather together. And um, we're going to receive the offering in just a few moments. But I want to, I'm the 10 minute speaker, but I'm going to take about six or seven minutes. Or, and uh, then we're going to move on. But first of all, happy Father's Day. All of our fathers. Hey, just raise your hand if you're a father. And uh, yeah, God bless you guys. We bless our fathers. And we, uh, what a special day on Father's Day. And it's so good to have these guys. These are our sons and daughters, you know that. And they're from this house. And uh, so we're really grateful for the Father's house. Also, you guys don't know, but Michael Lauderdale passed away. He died uh, Friday night about 10 a.m. No, 10 p.m. Friday night. And uh, so Shirley and I, we saw him maybe 10 hours, 12 hours before that. And um, Michael was ready to go. And uh, so we just said goodbye and we'll see you, you know, soon. But anyway, we don't know all the details for that, but we'll let you know. Michael was a mighty man of God. And so we want to pray for Jan and believe God will uphold her during this time. And so um, anyway, I don't know if you knew that news. We want to thank all of you that were a part of Saturate USA. The goal is, is to Saturate USA. That's a vision. And we, uh, churches all across the country, are passing out these little uh, packets 
with the DVDs of the Jesus DVDs and so we were able to cover more so far we've covered about 350 homes in this region and uh, our goal is all of the homes and um, to share the gospel also we want to pray in just a moment for um, what's going on in Raleigh today some of you know there's a you know this is the kind of stuff you used to think was make-believe people said it was conspiracy no that was part of the cover-up it was real so they're gathering today in downtown Raleigh this Luciferian what is it a march yes where they're marching for a new world order and global governance you know they're coming out of the closet I heard a mayor of one of our largest cities one of my favorite cities their sports teams are my favorite teams up there in the north but um well they were but anyway she said um, she said this I saw the video she said me and all of those that are part of our city council and especially the health department we've all sworn allegiance to the new world order and global governance now most people let that fly over their head I knew exactly what she's talking about I said, oh God, they're coming out of the closet. The church better rise up. We better be who we've been called to be. And we are. We are. This is the time we've been made for. I, I want to encourage you on um, Wednesday nights at 6.30, we do this online thing. It's called the Overcomer Series. And it's based on this book that I wrote about nine years ago or so, where it shows the clouds coming over part of the earth, the darkness covering the earth. But on the other side is the glory of the Lord arising over its people. It's called the times to come have come. Now, obviously, a lot of things have happened. I'm seeing that's a prophetic word, but so we're going to tackle that. We have to get be strong in this hour. You cannot be weak. You're not weak. Say, I'm not weak. And when you're weak, you boast in his strength, and you'll find that you're strong in him. Psalm 27, 1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I fear? And then over in Psalm 49, 5, it says, Shall I fear, or who shall I fear in the day of evil? When the enemies encroach in my, me like my, around my heels. You read this text. He says, The enemy's all about me. But why should I fear? Whom shall I fear and why should I fear? This actually, this series on Wednesday night, is, let me show you something. Look over in John chapter 16 real quick. Then we're going to pray. I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, I don't know how to pray for that thing in Raleigh. You just open your mouth wide and I'll fill it. So that's how we're going to pray. But I saw another friend of mine sent me some information. They're longtime residents of Raleigh. The downtown from the capital all the way down, they said to some, you know, I'm not that familiar with Raleigh. I wasn't brought up in. But anyway, it's all torn up. And... Um, you know, I've just been reminded, God, the leaders in this world, they evidently have no backbone. They must be a bunch of wimps. So the church can't be wimps in this hour. We're not going to be wimps. We're going to be who have been called to be. You know, the, the states where these things have happened, they, the people should get together and sign a petition and throw those bums out. That's just the way I feel. But anyway, it's... Because God eventually will throw them out. 
I'm going to be praying that prayer. Was it Shibna? Remember, God threw Shibna like a ball out of office. He let another one take his office. Who was it, Eliakim, that was called of God? We have a lot of people occupying positions of governor, mayor, and they, they have no business being where they are. But anyway, let me... Um, Okay, John 16, I want to quickly show you something. Then we're going to take our offering. And, but um, this is a crazy time. John 15 and verse 16, he says, These things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you. So the first thing he says, you better keep your joy. Keep your joy. And then the next thing he goes on, and we won't read it all, but... Not only keep your joy, but your love. Love one for another. Lay down your life. And he goes into that. And, and then he talks about in verse 16, you didn't choose me, I chose you. How many of you know he chose us? He chose us in spite of ourselves, but so that we would live in this moment. And then chose that we would bear fruit. And then he, Jesus just happens to mention why you need to keep your joy, your love, and continue to bear fruit. Because number one, you're going to be hated. Hated. That's uh, verse 18. If the world hates you, they hated me. Then you'll be persecuted. That's real encouraging down in verse 20. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you. That's what Jesus said. Then you'll be rejected. They rejected him. They'll reject you. And then over in chapter 16 and verse 2, it really gets exciting. It says, they will put you out of the synagogue and the time is coming that whoever kills you will think that he offered God a service. Wow, that's exciting. You know, the reason, another reason for that series on Wednesday night, and it's going to be overlapping with Sunday morning. I don't... This is my own opinion. The beast system is rising on the earth. This virus is nothing but a Trojan horse. We'll talk more about that. So we're living, we're going to have to stand. I saw, Chris, I saw this beast in my dreams. And uh, you don't flippantly, you don't, you can't half-heartedly you can't be committed one day and not the next day to overcome the beast system. In fact, the Lord said the greatest promises are given to those who overcome that system. Also, there's the greatest opportunity to fall away, the greatest opportunity to deny him. And we're living in that hour. So it's a great day to be alive. Amen. Oh, one more scripture in that text. You read it later. But Jesus said, I've told you all these things so that when the time comes, you will not be made to stumble. You know what stumble means? Fall away. Become offended. Become pained is what it means. Shocked. Fall into sin. All those things. Why, well, it's an amazing time. How many of you are glad to be alive in this hour in history? You're chosen. You're chosen. This is it. We're chosen. Lord, thank you. It's the best time in all the world, all of history, to be a believer, to be a son or a daughter of the living God. Lord, bless the offering this morning. Bless Chris as he comes to share the word. Thank you. Lord, one of my sons, I claim him. 
Thank you, Lord. He's a mighty man after your heart. Called to such a time as this. And so, Lord, we just give you honor, glory. Bless this offering. Bless the people watching. Let this be a day like no other. Lord, thank you. You're with us. Every song we've sung this morning reminded us that this is the time we're made for. It's the greatest hour in all of history. Thank you, Lord. We'll not stumble because we're going to know what you said. We're going to remember the things you told us. And we're going to live by them. We're going to plant them in our heart. In Jesus' strong name, amen. If you're writing a check, you can write it to the gathering. If you are part of the Father's house, just write it to the Father's house. We'll figure out how to get it distributed to the right house. There's only one house anyway. You guys with me? We just figure out how to do those simple things. Anyway, come forward. We receive the offering. And then we're going to turn Chris loose, Chris Taylor. He's, and he's going to share the word this morning. You take your time, Chris. You got all day. Amen. There's no baseball on this afternoon. No football. But God reigns. God bless you. Oh, we forgot to pray. Keep, just keep coming. We got to figure out how to pray. Lord, how do we pray for Raleigh? This Luciferian march today. I don't know. But we pray, Father, in the name of Jesus that the spiritual power and authority of darkness would be bound. You said we possess the gates of our enemy. So by faith, as sons and daughters of the living God, we close the gates that over our state, this is where we live, it's where our feet are on this ground. We say no to any work or plan or scheme of the enemy. Lord, we pray that every plan would be spoiled. Whatever curse is lifted, it would be broken. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. Now, Lord, our heart goes out for the people because they're deceived, deceived, deceiving. We pray for the conviction of the Holy Spirit. God, maybe there'll be ministries there today lined up along the streets. We don't know. But we pray that you'll be there drawing the people to your son, showing them, Lord, the utter foolishness of some worship of some God who is not a God who's about to be tossed into the lake of fire for all of eternity. And we thank you that is Satan's ultimate demise. So Lord, just somehow reign in Raleigh today. Maybe physically, but spiritually, let it reign. Come Lord, disrupt the plans of the enemy. But God, let your kingdom come. We thank you of the increase of your government and of your peace. There shall be no end. And even over this afternoon in Raleigh, North Carolina, the increase of the government of God will not end. It will only increase. And we thank you, Lord, and we do pray for the people to be saved, to be delivered, to be rescued, called out of darkness into your marvelous light. Thank you, Lord. Now, Lord, I don't know if I prayed right or not, but thank you. You do abundantly, exceedingly above all we could ask or think in Raleigh, North Carolina today and the nine other cities across America where this will take place. We declare this is the day of the Lord. The day the Lord is made, it's not the devil's day. In Jesus' name, amen.
Jesus. I know we've already been worshiping the Lord for a little bit, but can we just take another minute and focus our hearts on Jesus? your presence here among us we don't ever take your presence for granted Lord but we just want to say that we love you and that we need you and that you're really all that we want we honor you God today God to get our eyes on you you've been speaking to us this whole morning but God help us to get our eyes focused on you today let us not walk out of here focused on any other thing but King Jesus Lord capture every heart this morning capture our attention Lord, help us today to focus on you. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Can you switch to the screen up here? Thank you, Kevin. Whew, I'm just a mess up here. Man. Man. I just love Jesus, man. Oh, goodness gracious. Well, thank you guys for inviting us to be here today. Um, Today's not random. I think everybody senses that. Uh, today is very purposeful in the heart of God for us to all be together. Um, it's kind of funny, I found an old video this week from Father's Day 2011 where I was preaching at the gathering nine years ago. And uh, 
So it's just kind of funny how things come all the way around full circle. But, but the greatest delight of the Father's heart is his son, Jesus Christ. And so this morning on Father's Day, I know most of the time we focus on the Father, but today I want to focus on the Father's heart, which is Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. You just have to give me a minute. I'm still trying to get my composure back here. Goodness gracious. So I do have something very specific that I feel like the Lord has has told me to do today. Um, Two things, but the first one is going to be prophetic in nature. Obviously, this church is not... Uh, far into the con- prophetic, this is pretty normal for us to all be prophetic. Uh, but then we're going to shift gears and go into something different. First of all, on the prophetic side, I'm sure you guys recognize this, but Jenny and JT were up here prophesying for about 45 minutes straight. Pretty much every word that came out was a prophetic word. I mean, it was just directly what the Lord is saying. So, like Jesus said, he who has an ear. <laughs> Let him hear. God's speaking very clearly to us today, and he's going to give us some instruction for the days ahead. How many of you guys know it's better to be prepared than to be unprepared? Okay. So, you know, we always talk about the physical preparations. You know, we stockpile things. We got guns and bullets and food and water and stuff, but, but there's also a spiritual preparation that we, have to, that we have to go through, right? And that's mostly what I'm going to talk about today. But just in short order, uh, two Sundays ago, so 14 days ago today, um, one of my spiritual mentors, a guy that I've known since 1998 that's been a mentor to me personally, a man that's very close to the Lord and has a very solid walk with the Lord, the Lord woke him up two Sunday mornings ago and spoke something to him very clearly. And as he was coming awake, the Lord spoke and said, mass insurrection is coming soon. And he didn't even fully know what that meant, so he Googled the word insurrection like we all do. And the word insurrection means a violent, deliberate attempt to overthrow a government. And so we know that we're living in some crazy times. I don't have to tell you that. You guys are a prophetic church. I don't have to tell you. That's why I said I'm not going to focus on the prophetic today. We're going to go somewhere different. But I want to say this. In 2020, the Lord spoke to us and, and we shared it you know, with, with our congregation. The Lord told us that 2020, our prophetic word was this, it's time to shine. And it came so emphatically and so clearly that we knew, man, everything that happens in 2020 is gonna be around us shining as the church. So that's the paradigm we entered into 2020 with. Had no idea what kind of chaos would ensue. But then I got to thinking about this the other day. If you walk outside right now on a bluebird sunny day and you look up in the sky, you can't see the stars. But if I walk outside at midnight tonight and I look up, I will see stars everywhere. We shine in the dark. And so what Jesus was telling us when he said it's time to shine is he was also saying it's getting ready to get dark. But that's not a fearful thing, it's a glorious thing. If, there's a big if, if you're with him. If you're with the world, all you're going to have is the dark. If you're with him, you're going to shine like the brightness of the stars. It's Daniel. 
So everything that I'm going to say today is going to be about us as a church shining in darkness. And I know that David's been preaching this for as long as I have known him, so this is not going to be new. That's why I said I'm not going to focus on the prophetic side. Actually, what the Lord told me very clearly today, he said, I don't want you to come with a prophetic word today. I want you to come with an apostolic word today. And by God's grace, that's what I'm going to attempt to do. I believe it's Ephesians 2.22 that says that the foundation of the church is laid by the apostles and the prophets. And what is that foundation? It is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. There is no other foundation. There is no other message. There's no other anything that we can build our lives upon other than the, the rock himself, Jesus Christ. True apostolic preaching is the revealing of the person of Jesus Christ. So I don't want you to walk out of here today focused on current events. I want you to leave out of here today focused on the king. Amen? Amen. The king is coming. We know this. But we're going to look at him and see him before he comes, right? Yes. So I know I'm going slow, but I'm just I'm wanting this to settle because these are serious things today that, that we're going to get into. But we fought for a couple hours this morning to get the screens to work, and we finally did get that to work. Uh, we fought very hard because uh, I use a lot of scriptures, and I want you guys to be able to really absorb as much of this as you can. If you only hear it, you get so much, but if you can hear it and see it, you can, you can get more of it, right? So this morning, what we're going to be talking about is the focal point. And I want to go straight to Webster's for a definition because there's an actual thing called the focal point. Here's the definition. The point on the axis of a lens or a mirror to which parallel rays of light converge. The point at which all elements or aspects converge. It is the center of activity or attention. The central or principal point of focus. The focal point is also called principal focus. Just keep tracking with me. Synonym, centerpiece. You see where we're going with this? Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ is the focal point of all creation. Literally, all things are summed up in Christ. Jesus Christ is the focal point of the Father. It's Father's Day. Do you know what the focus of the Father is? His Son, Jesus Christ. It's His greatest delight. It's His greatest joy is His own Son. And we're grafted in, thank God. Jesus Christ is also the focal point of the Holy Spirit. The Father's talking about Jesus. The Holy Spirit's talking about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And some of this, it's okay, you can clap. Some of this stuff is going to be maybe basic, but I'm telling you, it is fundamental to the gospel that we believe. If we miss this, we miss it all. If we don't really get this message, we won't understand the rest of the messages. Because this is the foundation that we have to lay. Now here's the shocker. I just said that Jesus is the focal point of all creation. Jesus is the focal point of the Father. Jesus is the focal point of the Holy Spirit. Here's the shocker. 
The only place that Jesus Christ is not the focal point is in the hearts of men. The only place in all of the universe that Jesus Christ is not the focal point is in the hearts of men. That's a sobering reality. But this morning, those of us who are gathered here, we're going to make sure that we've got this right. We're going to have the focal point where it needs to be. Amen? You guys good? I want to talk about the supremacy of Christ. And I want to be honest with you. I've been in church my whole life. I jokingly say that I was in church nine months before I was born, which is true. I also jokingly say that when I was young, I had a drug problem. My mom drugged me to church every Sunday, every Wednesday, every prayer meeting. I mean, I've been in church my whole life, right? I can't count on one single hand how many messages I've heard on the supremacy of Jesus Christ. And how many hundreds, if not thousands of messages have I personally heard in my lifetime? How many messages have you heard? And then how many messages have you heard on the supremacy of the Lord Jesus Christ? He's the focal point. This is apostolic preaching. So we're going to get into scripture. You guys can follow along with your Bibles or you can see them on the screen. Thank you, Jesus, for helping us to get the screens working today. Colossians 1, starting in verse 15. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. (laughs) That one thing alone is enough to marinate on the rest of your life. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. Jesus Christ perfectly revealed the Father. My goodness. Verse 16, for through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on the earth. He made things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. Did you notice that it said every ruler, every kingdom, every authority in the unseen world? What do you think that's talking about? Do you know that Satan is God's devil? Does that make sense? God is a million steps ahead of the devil always and uses him to accomplish his own purposes. Look at the cross of Jesus Christ. The scriptures say that if the rulers knew what they were doing, they would not have crucified him. They didn't understand God was a million steps ahead of them. They thought they won. Every satanic ruler and every human that had been influenced by those satanic things, everybody thought they beat Jesus and that they won. And we know that it, in fact, turned into the greatest victory of all. Amen? So I want to cautious us all this morning that sometimes defeats in the natural, things that look like defeats, are actually spiritual victories. See, heaven has a perspective and earth has a perspective. And I'm going to confess, and I think we would agree, many times we are so bombarded with earth's perspective that we're not hearing heaven's perspective and we no matter how much we love jesus can get swept away with the natural way of what's going on but there's victory that doesn't look like victory persecution doesn't look like victory what you were talking about so in the spiritual realm it's it's different 
we're like an upside down kingdom, right? Actually, we're right side up. The world's upside down. But verse 17, he existed, this is Jesus, before anything else, and he holds all creation together. The person of Jesus Christ holds the entire universe together. If he let go of it, everything would cease to exist. Jesus Christ is the focal point of the universe. Verse 18, Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. Praise God. That should be self-evident. There's only one head of the church, and his name is Jesus Christ. And I'm not the head of, of the Father's house, and David's not the head of the gathering. We're shepherds. We do what God's called us to do, but there's one head, and his name is Jesus Christ. Amen? The focal point. For God in all of his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. Can you even wrap your mind around the physical person of Jesus Christ walking on planet earth and the fullness of God lived in Christ? I don't think that we have even scratched the surface of understanding who Jesus is. Verse 20, and through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Hallelujah, that's why we're all sitting here this morning. So I'm going to go to Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. And I'm going slow on purpose. I want us to really think about these things. Long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. See, there's your prophetic words. But now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his son. God promised everything to the son as an inheritance. It's right up there on that big blue banner out the door. And through the son, he created the universe. Are you starting to see the bigness of our Jesus? My same friend who had this encounter with God two Sundays ago, the next week saw a vision of Jesus putting his foot down. And he said his foot was the size of a state. Jesus is not a little Jesus. When he walked on the earth, he was our size, but, but Jesus is big. Jesus fills all and is all. The sun radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. Man, these scriptures are rich. He sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. Everything in this whole entire universe is sustained by the word. What did, what did it say in Revelation 19 when Jesus comes back? What's his name? The word of God. He sustains everything by his word. He is the word. When he had cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. Man, aren't these scriptures amazing? So I'm going to just keep going. Jesus is the focal point of all scripture. Do you want to have correct biblical interpretation? Do you want to not get in trouble? Do you want to not fall into false doctrine? Do you not want to go with every wind and every wave? Jesus Christ is the focal point of all scripture. He is the ultimate revelation of scripture. 
I don't have my physical Bible. I usually have it on my phone, but literally that is all Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It is Jesus. So listen to this. In the Old Testament, Jesus is predicted. In the Gospels, he's revealed. In the book of Acts, he's preached. In the epistles, he's explained. And in Revelation, he's expected. He's the whole thing. I, I am getting chills up here. When I talk about Jesus, when I talk about the supreme, the supremacy of Christ, man, if this doesn't mess you up, I don't know what. This is the message. The person of Jesus Christ is the primary revelation of the Bible. There are many wonderful truths in the Word of God. I love the Word. Now, David knows this because he's known me a long time. I committed to the Lord many years ago that I would never go a day of my life without reading the Word, and I don't. It's just a commitment that I've made. I'm not going to not be in the Word of God. But what I have understood is that Jesus Christ is the primary revelation of the Word of God. He's the whole point. I know I'm saying this repetitively but that's deliberate too <laughs> we're gonna get this i want to talk about the road to emmaus we all remember this story it's kind of a humorous story the guys are walking with jesus but they don't know it's jesus it's kind of a fun, it's after the resurrection you guys know so let's read it in luke 24 verse 25 then jesus said to them you foolish people man jesus was always so politically correct you foolish people you find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering into his glory? Now listen to this verse. Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. This is Jesus preaching Jesus through the whole Bible. I would sell my house to get that DVD. Jesus preaching Jesus and revealing his whole self to two guys walking on the road. Yeah, it said, didn't our hearts burn within us? You think? It doesn't get more anointed than Jesus preaching Jesus. But, yeah, right, so now we get to do that. And that's what we're doing this morning. That's why you feel the power and the anointing on this, because it's Jesus. Luke 24, 32. They said to each other, didn't our hearts burn <laughs> within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? Isn't that amazing? We all need a road to Emmaus encounter. We need Jesus to reveal himself to us. Amen. In fact, that's a great prayer. Why don't we pray that, Lord? We need an Emmaus Road encounter. Jesus, reveal yourself to us. We know you, but we don't know you enough. We don't know you like we need to. God, reveal yourself in us, through us. God, reveal yourself. In Jesus' name. We're going to keep going. Colossians 2, verse 16 and 17. So don't let anyone condemn you. Now listen to this. I'm getting ready to ruffle some feathers intentionally. 
So don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink or for not celebrating certain holy days or new moons, ceremonies, or Sabbaths. For these rules are only shadows of the reality yet to come, and Christ himself is that reality. I've seen so many well-meaning people focus on the shadows as if it's the reality. What day you do this, what festival you do this, where you go, and all these things point to Jesus and that's fine and you can celebrate them, but they are never to eclipse the reality which is Jesus. I for one am not willing to settle for a shadow when I can have the reality. I'm thankful for everything that was foreshadowed in the Old Testament. I'm thankful for everything that pointed to Christ. But now I can have Christ. Amen. Is that enough said? Any teaching that eclipses the centrality of Jesus Christ will become a false idol. Do you think, and how many false idols do we have in the church? The word eclipse means to be bigger than, to overshadow. We have many good messages that we need to preach. I'm a preacher. I preach many messages. But I never preach anything that eclipses the centrality of Jesus Christ. Amen? It's got to be about him. It's got to always be about him. Apostolic preaching is the preaching of Christ in all of his fullness. And I'm going to say this, we've all been prophetic, but I believe the Lord is now asking us to be apostolic. Not that we don't need prophetic, because we do. I started this thing with prophetic. They sang prophetic, but we've got to take this into a place called apostolic Christianity. And it is all about the centrality of Jesus Christ. All about Jesus. The richness of Christ is inexhaustible. What I've shared this morning would, would just whet your appetite. This is not the end all. This is a starting point for us to get a hunger in our hearts to see and to know Jesus in all of his fullness. And we can spend all of the rest of our lives and get this, we'll spend all of eternity doing that. One lifetime down here is not even enough for us to even fully exhaust the richness of Christ. I think maybe that's why we have to live forever, because it'll take that long. You think when you get to heaven, it's all done. No, you will still be beholding his glory. You will still be knowing and learning his ways. You will still be getting to see him. What do they do 24-7 around the throne? Holy, 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 holy. And when they come back around, it's like the first time they ever saw him. It never stops. It never stops. That kind of glory. My goodness. <laughs> The absolute best thing we can do for our spiritual life is simply to focus on Jesus. Now that might sound basic, that might sound generic. Well, yeah, okay, yeah, we know we've got to focus on Jesus. No, like for real. <laughs> we've got to focus on Jesus. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to go back into prophetic mode for a second. The times that are getting ready to come upon us you're going to have to be extremely intentional not to lose your focus. Yeah. 
And I'm going to go on record, and please hear me. If you got an IV hooked into your arm from any news outlet, you're going down the tubes. You better have an IV into this. <laughs> because the world is going to shake, rattle, and roll, baby. And it will be so easy for us. Oh, my God, did you see that? Oh, my God, what did they do? Oh, my God, look. Wah! And we will get so bum-fuzzled, but just, just focus on Jesus. So what JT's saying, that song today was all about the world is going nuts, but our eyes are on Jesus. If the Lord didn't send me here for anything else this morning, get that. The days that we're going into, there's one prescription, focus on Jesus. It's the only way. It's the only way. I want to read a couple more scriptures here. You guys still hanging with me? Everybody good? I don't want to wear you out, but I want you to get this. 2 Corinthians 11.3, but I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, your minds will be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. There it is again. This is what it's about. And we're so easily caught up in so many things. But devotion to Jesus Christ is the whole point. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Verse 2, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. And I love this translation, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. We'll keep going. Colossians 2, 6 through 10. And now just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down deep into him. Let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, and you will overflow with thankfulness. Listen to this verse. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking and the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. That's the battle that we're in right there. Don't let anyone, I don't care who it is and how many good intentions they have, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies, high-sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking, from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. And you know what the next verse says? Here's the kicker. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. What he's saying is that we now are in Christ the same way that Christ was in the Father. Meditate on that one for a couple years. Colossians 9 and 10 is mind-bending. God put his fullness in Jesus Christ, and now we're in Jesus Christ. We don't, even, we don't even know who we are. We don't even understand. I mean, this is, this is who we are. 2 Corinthians 3.13, I'm just going to keep reading scriptures, and this is the last part. We are not like Moses who put a veil over his face so the people of Israel would not see the glory even though it was destined to fade away. But the people's minds were hardened, and to this day, whenever the old covenant is being read, the same veil covers their minds so they can't understand the truth. And this veil can only be removed 
by believing in Christ. Yes, even today when they read Moses' writings, their hearts are covered with that veil and they do not understand. But listen to this. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. How many of you guys have had the veil taken away? I once was blind, but now I see. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord who is the Spirit, listen to this, I love this, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. We become like Jesus by beholding Jesus. There's no other way. There's no other focus. There's no other focal point. I appreciate every message, but there's no message greater than Jesus Christ. There's no person greater than Jesus Christ. Everything is summed up, Ephesians says, in Christ. I know it might feel like I'm beating a dead horse here, but I am trying to drive this thing home that the centrality of Jesus Christ is the apostolic message that the church has to rise up and declare right now in this hour, in the day that we are walking into. It's wonderful to have prophetic words and to know what's happening, thank God, because I would much rather know than not know. But then I'm a practical guy and I go, now what? Thank you for telling me, now what? Apostolic is the now what? Does that make sense? Fix your eyes on Jesus. This is the battle that we're in. There are a million and one things that are going to come against this one thought right here. Every good, bad, indifferent thing that's going to come our way is for one purpose, to get our minds off of Jesus. You guys always think about Peter walking on water, and we know that when he lost his focus, he fell into the water. Jesus had to grab him up right. And then Jesus very kindly said, oh, you have little faith. He said that a lot, actually. Oh, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? Why did you look at the wind? Why did you look at the waves? Why did you start thinking, hey, I'm not supposed to be able to walk on water? Why did you just lose your focus on just looking at me? Because I'm telling you, and we know this is true, if Jesus and Peter would have kept their eyes locked on each other, I promise you Jesus would have walked all the way to him. You know that he would have. But Peter's just like us, we're so easily distracted. And how many times this morning did they prophesy that God is trying to deal with fear today? Because you want to know what one of your biggest distractions is going to be in the days ahead? Fear. Okay. Fear and faith are going in two different ways, right? Now, there'll be frightening things for sure. I mean, you know, there's going to be things that we could be fearful about. But if we were fix our eyes on Jesus, we'll be able to weather any storm. That's why I love worship so much. You know, worship, pure worship, is simply getting your attention and your focus back onto Him. That's what it is. I mean, I like good music, and I like, you know, people that can sing. I think that's great, but, but ultimately, all we're trying to do is get people's focus on Him. That's the whole point. 
It's not a show. I mean, this is the point. We want everybody, including us, to focus on Jesus. That's why when I got up here in the beginning, I couldn't even do anything else. I couldn't get past that. And I don't ever want to get past that. So, Lord, we thank you for your word. And God, I pray that it's penetrated all of our hearts this morning. And I pray, God, that we would be aware, that we would be prophetically informed. But more than that, God, that we would be a people that through it all are going to keep our gaze set on you. That we would be a people that are going to keep our focus on Jesus Christ, who is the coming King. We pray it all the time, and we've prayed it for 2,000 years. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We know that the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ. But we know there's a lot of stuff that's going to transpire before that. And Lord, we know that every kingdom will shake. We know that everything that can be shaken will be. We understand this. We know this. We know that gross darkness will cover the land and the people, but the glory of the Lord is going to shine through his church, through his people. So like Paul said, who is equal to such a task? Lord, help. Help us, God, to keep our focus on Jesus. Lord, we're going to need you to coach us every day. When we start drifting in any way, you're going to have to rally our attention back to Jesus. Holy Spirit, you always lead us to Jesus. Prophecy always leads us to Jesus. Apostolic preaching always leads us to Jesus. We just want to focus on you, and we don't want to lose that, that focus, God. In Jesus' name. Um, David, do you mind if the guys come up here and, and do one more song that we could just... I mean, I like to practice what we preach, right? I mean, it's, it's cool to talk about it, but I like to do it. Um, uh, can we just, with all the energy we can muster up, just put our focus and our attention and our hearts into Jesus? And it doesn't have to be musical. You guys understand that. You can be sitting in your house on Tuesday morning dead quiet and focused on Jesus. You don't have to have a band, but, but I just wobble together. And there's such an anointing flow in here today that we could just come together maybe one more time and worship and focus on the Lord. Okay. Yeah, David's got something to you before that. Yeah, just quickly, we are offering baptism at the end of every time we gather now on Sunday mornings. And uh, what's happened in Georgia is spilled out here. And people are meeting Jesus. They're encountering him in the waters. We don't understand it all. But I know it's, there's a baptism of fire, but also uh, people are being launched into their purpose. So if you'd like to be baptized, we, we have all the clothes that you need. We have everything you can see Shirley come up and uh, anytime during this song. And uh, she'll lead you downstairs, and that'll happen this morning. What a wonderful word this morning. Powerful word. We receive that word. Amen. You know, also as they sing, if you want to just come to the altar, if there's anybody here that wants Jesus, you've never met him. If you're watching and you've never met Jesus, we want to be uh, 
We want to be those that share with you, lead you to faith in Christ. So you come and well, let's stand and worship and the altar's open. If you want to be baptized, come see Shirley.